Hello and welcome to episode 140 of the Naked Tech Podcast. It's the show that gives you everything you need to know about consumer tech, the internet, and all things domain name servers. I'm your friend Jeff Kim. My name is Calvin Lee. And would you still go to a tech event now? Would I still go to a tech event? What, uh, what's yeah. changed? What's uh, what's going on? What's... So uh, we might as well kick off the show. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like Sony, Amazon, and Nvidia are not going to MWC 2020 because of the coronavirus. Oh, because of that. But for me, it makes sense, right? Mm. These these events, I've been to just one or two tech events. They're gross. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone's touching demo stuff. Everyone's sneezing over everybody. Everybody gets ill. Mm-hmm. All the hand sanitizers in the world aren't going to stop this thing from, you know, infecting you. So call it off. You know what I mean? The one thing about CES, which we covered for two episodes a while ago, um, everyone gets sick afterwards. So yes, I, I agree. <laughs> totally on board with this. Uh, I think it's a health hazard. Mm, very much. OHNS, OHNS. Um, yeah, so let, let's see who uh, Nilay Patel sends to Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona. <laughs> it's like spin the bottle, right? Every, all the staff members of like The Verge send yeah. and then all just go, here we go, everybody. And especially in Spain, where everyone lisps, Barcelona, Barcelona, sorry. Okay. We just lost the two uh, listeners we had in Barcelona. But here's the funny thing. Every Mm. time I looked for coverage on this, it was all in Spanish. So I couldn't clip any of that. Um, But I could see all the clip um, uh, clips of these very angry Spanish politicians, I think, who are trying to stop NWC from happening. Mm-hmm. But I can't make it out. So if anyone here speaks Spanish and is listening to your show, let us know. Do, do you remember that one guy from some internet conference? Uh, I think we covered it last year. He was the former Portuguese prime minister. Yes, it was. Uh, it was. It was Davos. No, was it Davos? No, it was some stupid oh, internet thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of yeah, stupid yeah, internet yeah. things, I've I've gone through a bit of an ordeal the last two weeks. Would you oh, like to hear about, about it? it. Oh, yes, please. So I have I have a website, my personal website. Guess what it's called? It's called Jeff.Kim. Tell us about .Kim. .Kim, it's a GTLD. And crap, I've forgotten what the G is in TLD. Uh, <laughs> global. global. Global, global. So I don't know, what was it, around 2013, I want to say? There's a whole mm, heap yes, of... Yes. Yeah, yeah. So everyone knows .com, .net, .au, uh, .com.au all the classic country-based ones, but then they decided to, they as in ICANN, which is the global international, I'm trying to wonder, wonder what ICANN stands for. Consortium Associate, uh, I've got nothing there. Basically, the people who manage all the domain names uh, mm. all over the world. That's right. Um, so Jeff.Kim, I've, I've had it for a while. It's kind of been, you know, dormant for a while and I've been paying my usual $100 for a Squarespace site. Uh, but, you know, over the holidays, I thought I'd get it back. Um, but guess what happened? Um, I think it was around November, I got an email saying, hey, it's it's about to expire. And guess what happens to emails? I don't read them. <laughs> so <laughs> I ignored it. Like I, I counted the emails actually uh, the other day. I think I had about 10 emails come through. It was, hey, this is your warning about your domain about to expire or be deleted, I think is the way they put it. Um, and obviously, I just I just ignored it. Um I remember getting the notifications, but I was just like, surely they won't do anything. Anyway, it was too too late, and it ended up being deleted. Went into a 30-day, what they call 
a redemption grace period. Um, and I did look this up on the ICANN.org website, uh, riveting stuff. Um, so um, I just want to tell you about how I had to recover it. I, as of this morning, I'm successful at Jeff.Kim. So listeners, if you want to go check that out, you know, get get my get my stats up, Jeff.Kim. There will be a picture of Baby Yoda, but um, that that's back up. Uh, connect to Squarespace finally, but it was a big ordeal. So it turns out Squarespace is a reseller of two cows. If you remember two cows from the nineties, yes, I didn't know that. So um, you know, when I, when I was trying to get this to work, or even try to follow up on how I can recover this domain, Squarespace says, "Hey, contact two cows." So I did that. Two cows says uh, it's in redemption mode now. So you go talk to our registrar, which is. Uh, hover, hover.com. Um, and then uh, after a bit of, you know, back and forth um, over you know, a week or so, um, I worked out how to actually pay to get it back because it turned out that if, if I waited for another, not maybe another month or so, um, they would have like uh, made it available for anyone to get. Now, and you know, Jeb Dokim, that musician, this is waiting. Well, there's well. Funny you say that because another guy has come up now because um, Jeff J Kim on Instagram. He's he's quite a famous art artiste. <laughs> he does a lot of uh, whoa, like he's he's done album covers for rappers and stuff like that. Um, another one uh, who has a, a Squarespace site as well. He's he's a he's a musician. So I reckon I was going to compete for this, and I really wanted it, so I paid. An undisclosed sum of money wasn't too much, um, and then I had to connect that back to Squarespace. But now Hover owns it, um, and and basically they couldn't work it out. And I just tried transferring the ownership back to Squarespace. Actually, the, I, I should talk about the problem why that wasn't working. The connection, the third party connection, it was because the name server was initiated on the Squarespace site when I first bought it like five years ago. So okay. Squarespace uses two cows who uses Hover. But then because I I think I started in on Squarespace, it just wasn't connecting. So I just transferred the ownership back to Squarespace. Oh. And voila, Jeff Kim is back. back. Oh my God. How long did that take? <laughs> Way too long. <laughs> Lesson for today is check your emails, listen to them. And uh, yes. don't forget to pay your fees. I've got a bit of a uh, a good workflow with emails now, so I've I made sure the badge is actually showing on my Gmail app. Um, because I actually I went through. Uh, it took me a couple of days to go through all my unread emails to make them I, all read. Yeah, you know what? I've always thought about this. Mm-hmm. I think you and I could possibly start a productivity podcast, um, just because we like to play with stuff, and we're both quite disorganized just by nature. And any tool that would help us sort our lives out. Mm-hmm. would be great um yeah there yeah. is a famous one on productivity uh, i can't remember like, you know the hello internet guys i think one of them yeah uh gray cg cgp gray whatever whatever his name anyway um now today today was oscars day also the international <laughs> day day of movies apparently <laughs> funny that huh um i'm just gonna start with this clip what is going on in your mind to come up with a movie like that? Because it is original, it is oh, interesting, yeah. it's also crazy as hell. Because I'm weirdo. <laughs> I thought so. I could tell. All right, so just, dis- disregard that witch at the end. Sorry, Sharon Osbourne. Um, but the guy, uh, the, the guy that sounded very Korean was Bong Joon-ho. Um, and uh, if, 
if you don't know about it yet, spoiler alert, his movie Parasite, the first Korean and non-English speaking foreign language film, uh, won Best Picture. Mm. Yeah, so pretty big deal. Um, I remember watching it at the Sydney Film Festival like May last year. Um, he, he was also there. Like, have, have you seen this movie yet, Kelvin? No, but I really want to. Okay. It's, uh, I mean, like, all the, like, there was, there was a bleep out there and all the good bits I've seen is, like, he, he just loves to swear in English. Mm. He's, he's been, like, uh, traveling with a translator who's actually re- very, very good. I've, like, she's yeah. the best translator in any language I've ever seen. Um, and uh, she, she somehow interprets his words into poetry. <laughs> It's like it's yes, it, that's what he's saying. But then, like, she puts in all these like really pretty words. Anyway, um, and of course, and and we did clip the the same thing here. Uh, another guy won uh, a, a big. He, he's a big fan of ours. He won an Oscar for the first time. And um, let me set this up. Uh, this is um, after he accepted the award for best adapted screenplay for Jojo Rabbit, which is a film about Hitler. Believe it or not. Um, he responds to this question, what will you be asking for at the upcoming Writers Guild talks? And this is how he responded. Apple needs to fix those keyboards. Though they are impossible to write on, they've, got, they've gotten worse. It makes, me, it makes me want to go back to PCs because PC keyboard, the bounce back on, for your fingers is way better. I know, hands up who still uses a PC. Uh, he, he did go on for another couple of minutes on that, didn't he? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that was the only tech angle I got from the Oscars ceremony. And funnily enough, you, you got the same thing. But yeah, mm. uh, well, well done, Taika. Yeah, so he, he talks a bit about, you know, the, the laptops, um, which, you know, I have right here. The 2019 MacBook Air, horrible keyboards, extremely short travel. They've switched it back to the, wait, I'm getting this right, the scissor switches again so the butterfly switches uh for the latest macbook pro 16 inch so thank god apple listened mm-hmm. um and you know he generalized the whole pc thing there but um i think your high-end laptops whether it be from lenovo or dell have decent um keyboards uh and acceptable trackpads uh these days for me the winner and any macbook is always the trackpad so it's not just the keyboard um, but he makes a point everyone hates it so yeah that was funny at the oscars uh, I'm really hoping the Writers Guild can help him out with that. Uh, it's got and, uh, they have yeah, friends in high Tyka. places. Yeah, yeah. Tyka's hilarious. Yeah, um, I've got a I've got a few quick hits, but uh, is there anything you want to talk about? Bring up. Um, this that? is quite interesting. You and I used mm. to we dabble a lot in this. Uh, Google is finally removing cookies, third party cookies in that sense. So. Ever since the, I know, the dawn of the internet and tracking, uh, the way companies track you is they drop a little cookie on your browser. Uh, very recently, uh, people, a lot of, uh, you know, vendors like Apple and Microsoft saw that as quite evil, but really it's all, of, it's all about advertising and then battling for data. So Safari, I believe, is already has been blocking third-party tracking since 2017. Mm. Um, and that causes a lot of issues for a lot of companies because they depend on that for tracking, but also, you know, on how your Typical web experience works. They remember things, remember your, you know, your location, your time, etc. Mm-hmm. So apparently, officially, uh, this is the bottom line uh, from Google. They say it's all about privacy, um, but it's still a for-profit corporation. So they're trying to figure out a way of showing people relevant ads without handing over so much uh, of our data across. So we'll see. Um, 
they haven't really said it hasn't been really clear how this is going to work for them to be able to track stuff yeah. and store stuff um but apparently everyone loves it it's really good for me there's nothing much to celebrate here they'll find some cheeky way to steal or i mean i mean collect your data whether it be voice mm. right now my phone listening or you know android phones well, there's the notorious a... way of location visual tracking all that stuff yeah there's a bit of speculation on how they're going to do it because this is actually going to cut into their lunch somewhat because what is their core business kelvin ads 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 google ads, ads everywhere that's right um there's the Google ad network that's off Google as well, but obviously uh, a lot of that relies on cookies at the moment, um, unless they've you know found something else. Um, I've heard you know crazy things like using device data, device type. So like you know they they they're saying they're gonna it's gonna be anonymous, but they'll be able to track you through uh, what sort of screen size you're using, uh, resolution of the screen, that sort of stuff, which um, I thought was relying on cookies but i don't it doesn't sound like it mm. is no well i mean don't forget they collected our wi-fi data you know a couple of years ago so they've got that they've got credit card data they've got google pay data mm. they've got enough data i think to formulate a rough idea it won't be great but um a lot yeah. of people are being quite smart with <clears> the way they do private browsing using weird search engines like DuckDuckGo yeah or browsers like brave so people are catching on anyway so google has to move on regardless yeah, so I have a slightly related story on this. Uh, I'll, tr I'll try to make a good segue for it. But um, now, yeah, what we're talking about here are web web services, like browser services, um, on on apps and things like that. It's slightly different. Definitely not cookies, I don't believe. What do you think? Mm. Uh, uh, still some level of cookies. Yeah, it's, okay. it's what well, makes the world go round. So I was listening to download this show this week, uh, as I normally do. Just, uh, I mean, I don't really like it, but you know, I get, I get some good stuff. Well, mm. like some silly stuff like this. So they were talking about uh, how fake news and misinformation in inverted commas is being spread on Facebook about the coronavirus, which is another thing we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Now, it's not important what what that story is about, but Sarah Moran. <laughs> Because they, they have a, they have a, a lot of guest people from the industry, I suppose. Uh, Sarah Moran, she's the so-called CEO and co-founder of, get this, the Girl Geek Academy. So she's all that, um, and she actually had a pretty good idea about how to maybe handle this type of stuff. Um, so this is a bit about you know, like you're you're you know reading, going through your feed, and you see some stuff. Um, and listen to what she says here. I guess what is strange to me is that when a post is found to be misinformation, that you don't don't then notify the individual who you know has read it. All of the algorithms oh, yeah. that we have, like we know who's read what. That's how you get the likes, the shares. Like Facebook know all of that stuff. They cookie you. You know, like they. The, why can they not say we know you read this post? All right, a couple of things right at the end there. So. Who read like no one reads posts like no I think I think Facebook might know if you yeah scan past it very quickly or maybe you stop that that sort of image oh. for maybe longer than five seconds but and obviously if you've read it uh, you've clicked on the article but hardly anyone does that secondly they cookie you do they <laughs> is that is that how they oh is that, is that a new thing they cookie you yeah Facebook um, cookies you so, so I guess like my point is like. The, the term cookie has become synonymous with like tracking somehow. Yeah. So, so many things I want to rip apart there. Okay. You're absolutely right. So when you work 
on any social media platform, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. They do this thing called impressions. Mm -hmm. That's basically the network trying to figure out if you've scrolled past your piece of content. Mm -hmm. It is a vanity metric at best because you're right. No one can tell if I've actually stopped to look at that Mm -hmm. tweet or post. Let alone actually read the sentence or the headline. Exactly. Yeah. So, which is why LinkedIn do this really annoying thing where there's like a read more. So they treat that as a point of engagement. Mm. Um, that's a whole different podcast altogether. I feel digital marketing, <laughs> a lot of podcasts of those, which I, I you know, personally yeah. don't enjoy. Um, but no, uh, it does rely on some sort of cookie, I guess. But these are all closed ecosystems, right? LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Mm. They're you're not going to be able to see it anyway unless you buy ads and things like that. So yeah, lots yeah. of issues with that. The, the idea itself is quite interesting. So like say they do know if you have done that. So what she is saying or suggesting is after uh, that article has found to be misinformed, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another side of the story. But uh, once that happens, like Facebook will af- actively send you a notification saying, hey, the thing that you might have scrolled past is fake. Oh, come on. <laughs> like people, please, please. We've yeah. done this before. We've said this before at the podcast. This is the PSA. Do your own damn research, all right? Stop stop believing everything you see on social networks. If something catches your eye, just mm. do a little thing on Google and just see if you can find credible sources on that particular piece of information. Yeah. That's all we're going to say about it, people. Please, please, please. Don't believe everything you read. Go do some research. Mm. The internet is also your friend, but also your enemy. So please, just <laughs> do your own thing. Just take care of yourself. I think just going back to the impressions thing, uh, I just sort of, it just came to my head just now. Like I think Instagram is doing a good, pretty good job of that, right? Um, targeting you with the right sort of ads. Like all I see is cat ads, it's especially cat shirt ads. And if, for those that know me pretty well, I have a lot of cat <laughs> shirt ads. Um, somehow Instagram knows that. Now, um, because, I mean, that there is a feed, which, you know, getting less usage over time. Everyone's into the stories now. And mm-hmm. how, how do stories work? you have to tap, right? You have to tap or you have to wait. And it's like a time thing. So I, th- I think they like they get a lot of uh, data or insight into our behaviors and what we're actually looking at through that. And I think just in general, like people are gravitating to images anyway, rather than, you yeah. know, wordy feeds on Facebook. Who, who's on Facebook these days? Come on. It's funny you say that about Instagram yeah. stories. I think yeah. the only worthy point of engagement that is worth tracking is going mm-hmm. back. Because sometimes I see something and I go, ooh, that's interesting. But then it sort of skips across. And I'm just like, back, 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 back. Right. <laughs> I think that's the only metric because the amount of times I accidentally tap on something or swipe, yeah. it's, I don't there's, there's, I a, there's another signal like on stories, you can't actually pinch zoom in. So <laughs> I wonder if they're tracking, you know, that signal. Yeah. Although, although you're trying to pinch zoom in, but like that would be the ultimate thing. Yes. You really want to see that. That would be the killer feature, right? That will, yeah. That will change the uh, world. To be a product manager at Instagram. Mm. Uh, I've got a couple of other things. Should we go to the Iowa Iowa caucus? Oh, political I, I, again. Let's, let's go caucus-y. <laughs> um, so the Democratic Party are trying to find the candidate to go up against Trump, who I think is now free. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. But uh, anyway, um, there's a bit of a technology angle here because Iowa is like a state in America, one of the 51 states 
Uh, no one knows where it is. Uh, I think population is the size of maybe Miami or something like that. Um, so yeah, no one really cares, but like uh, for some reason, it's like one of the most important states in when it comes to these things. Uh, guess what they decided to do um, for their, I guess, the delegates who were there, and I think it's only like maybe few hundred people let's say um they were made to use an app mm. to you know vote one way or, or the other or you know, Appa- the yeah. candidates apparently the race yeah two thousand untrained okay that people who were meant to collect these numbers were given an app sure okay two thousand people okay now red flag number one uh, i'm gonna call this 0.1 uh they hired a company called shadow inc to do this app <laughs> nothing wrong with that so no no yeah nothing wrong with that no one said anything after that uh red flag number one or second one okay no, number two uh people couldn't actually yeah it wasn't available on the app store so you have to either sideload it or use test flight to do this so imagine the situation you got you probably have uh you know old mom and mom and pops that sort of stuff uh trying to get them to sideload an app Good luck. Mm. Uh, problem number three. Um, it was hard to sign into the app after you've downloaded it because uh, the, I think there was two two-factor authentication needed, um, including, um, you know, your, I don't know, your your ID of some sort. Um, and they all had the same number of digits, so people were very confused. that they, they just didn't know how to, you know, they got the SMS message, but is this for the second one or the first one? Don't know. Okay, number, number four. Um, once you were able to log in, you figured out how to log in, um, the, the data that was passed to, you know, I guess the database, it was misformat formatting. So they couldn't even get real time results cause they had to, you know, again, uh, what's the word they had to, um, sift the data through again. And I don't do some macro work on a spreadsheet possibly <laughs> to, to, to get the data. Um, now, uh, when you know when this was all happening, what they did was they created a hotline to actually you know get people to call to vote in. <laughs> uh, how nineteen sixties, how nineteen sixties and seventies and eighties and nineties. Um, but however, the number was Googleable. The phone number was Google. Guess what happens? Fortran, Fortran, Fortran got all of it. <laughs> they clogged the phone lines. So this is a tale of the IR Caucus twenty twenty. A great story, I so- think. This is what happens when non-digital people try to run digital campaigns, right? Uh, they 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 contacted a company called Shadow Inc., hoping that they would help them sort this out. But it's not just about, which is what is so important about anything that's digital. It's not just about the tech or the the software. It's about the process, the operations, the training, mm-hmm. the testing. Something so like UX. Yeah, like yeah. So I think they need to look and really do a, a really good retro on. What exactly went wrong and who to fire? Mm, that, assuming they they are agile, <laughs> I yeah, I don't think they are. But uh, <laughs> this is uh, I guess cautionary tale. Um, eventually, elections will go electronic. Will that mm. ever happen? Will that happen in our lifetimes? Well, um, there's a couple of small sort of. Uh, I think there's a couple of AGMs that are running on blockchain to do some voting, but mm. for it to actually go. For a big time election, yeah. Oh, I, 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 I don't trust it. You can't trust the machines. Um, I, where do we want to go now? Um, Spotify news. Sure. 
Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit wild today. Uh, Spotify Spotify acquires the Ringer. Do you mm. know the Ringer? Yeah. No. So the oh, you don't know the Ringer? Okay. So um, I'll, I'll quote uh, Daniel Ecke, the CEO uh, of Spotify. Uh, so with the Ringer, we're basically getting the new ESPN. He told Recode. Uh, it's not just uh, his own podcast. So he, as in uh, Bill Simmons, who used to be on ESPN, and he's actually. I don't know if you heard about Bill Simmons, but he's, he's one of the best sportcasters out there. Um, but but it's his whole network that's doing really well. Um, he's a talent magnet. So they have 30 title, titles of podcasts, The Ringer. Wow. They also have a website with, uh, you know, really, really, really top level writing. Um, so when he says, yeah, a talent magnet, like he, he, I think he managed to hire um, either full-time or you know, on an interim basis, um, just writing, you know, p- punching out great articles on sports and culture. So they do a lot of movies as well. So yeah, this is uh, the fourth acquisition um, in the last 12 months for Spotify that's podcast related. Uh, last year, it spent about $400 million um, to buy Gimlet, Anchor FM, I think we used to use them, and Podcast. Yeah. I'm not sure what Podcast is. Yeah, but like a l- lot of investment happening with Spotify. Oh, you know what's coming? Exclusive content, pretty much, and yeah. a I don't know a monthly subscription fee for you know the best podcasts you can get only on Spotify. Well, I'm hoping that um, premium users now, like I'm one of those, will just just get it. Um, yeah, I think I think there there will be a bit of a fan backlash if the Ringer did that as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you know not not right now, but say five years time when when this all kind of dies down. You could totally see it happening, yeah. Yeah, I still think there's there's still space for podcasts to do in podcast advertising rather than exclusive um, podcasts. You know, being on close to certain networks because mm. that's the whole point of podcasts, right? Anyone and anybody like us could yeah. build a podcast and get people to listen to it. Um, don't don't ruin that Spotify. Don't be that guy. Mm, interesting times. Um, I think one other interesting thing for me was that Spotify is now into web publishing. They're, they're a web publishing business because the Ringer has a fairly great website uh, with, with all these articles. So, yeah, what they do with that, unclear, of course. Uh, can you think of any ideas like how Spotify might sort of bring that into their business model? Um, if, if they, if they, I, because of you know, any sports related thing is all very like the fans are very passionate about but their the things they follow and things they read i would leave it the hell alone mm. um i mean they're already gonna be pissed off if you try anything remotely paywalled um on, on their favorite free sort of you know radio show or, or podcast i would just leave it alone um, yeah use the data you know get people to sign up on spotify on related items but definitely mm-hmm. not move it across don't don't do sports.spotify.com or whatever it's going to be. Um, just stay out of it. Yeah. All right. Are we going to go uh, Motorola Razor now? Oh, yes. Might as well end off with a bang. I think we're going to close with this. So I've got four clips. Um, you actually clipped the same thing, but maybe mm-hmm. one of the four clips. Yeah. Okay, let, let, uh, I'm going to have Brian Cooney from CNET, and I think this is some sort of radio show they've got going. Um, I think he's sort of the head of content there. He's, he's pretty cool, actually. Got a lot of time for him. And here he's setting up what's about to happen. 
It's the redo of the Razer that was such a legendary phone. Now it folds with its screen creasing as well. I shouldn't say creasing. We'll find that out later. We're going to do what is rapidly becoming the famous CNET fold test. That thing right there, which my colleague Chris Parker, the foldinator in chief, is about to mount up the Razer in there. And we're going to work this thing back and forth, and it's going to be mesmerizing. All right, the foldinator in chief. Great title there, mm, guys. The Kelvinator foldinator. Ah. I see a trend. Ooh, I think the Kelvinator would be like maybe freezing a phone. Yeah, no, fridges, just smashing the board against the fridge door. Can it take the weight of a fridge? <laughs> will it fridge? Okay, oh. will it fridge? All right, so um, they're going to set set this machine up. So you heard about it. It's it is the Foldinator. They're going to attempt to fold it one hundred thousand times. Um, and you're gonna get a feel for what this machine is like. Seems like it's doing all right. I'm gonna go ahead and turn it up to full speed here. That's not full speed? Oh, good grief. That's full tilt? That's full tilt. That's that what we got, folks. Should be about two and a half times per second, 150 a minute. Yeah, that, that's a lot of folding. 200 oh, so, so is it so 2.5 many... folds per second, yeah. So many ways that piece of audio could be taken. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a torture device. Basically, it's like a machine that looks like a really fancy pencil sharpener that just keeps opening and closing the phone. Yeah. Let's just, uh, we didn't mention the actual phone. So this is actually a replica almost of the old Razer, the famous Razer. We all had one mm. uh, with the famous M symbol at the front there and the camera at the front. Uh, however, this time the inside is full screen. So it's even longer than a iPhone. The aspect ratio is like, it must be like, three to one or something like that something crazy um so everyone everyone liked that phone so there's a lot of nostalgia to it so i think you know people are rooting for it um now back back to the fold folding machine um this is after i think i believe it was about an hour uh 10k folds later if we fold it oh can you hear that they were saying that the review units did that too yeah, so they've, they've taken it out of the machine and after 10,000 folds, they've, they've sort of got this thing and it's got this squeaky noise, which is mm. slightly unnerving. The screen, however, was fine. Yeah. So that's a good news. So that's good news. Um, now, they did take it out at the 20,000 mark as well. Uh, I didn't clip that, but apparently it started sounding like Baby Yoda. Did you hear that part? No. <laughs> so I didn't clip that. But this is where it all goes kind of wrong. It's definitely... Resisting, resisting. Oh, really? Me trying to fold it here. Listen here. That noise is not supposed to happen for sure. And now. Oh, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's not that's good. That's not good. Yeah, I think a bit of context might help there. <laughs> it was getting very ASMR, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Now, that was 27,000 folds, and three hours later, it was like kind of locking up. Hinge. Mm. But yet again, the screen was fine and totally working. So obviously, um, uh, Motorola had to reply to this. They, they sent a, a like a press release out saying this doesn't mimic the everyday use of a folding phone. Obviously, um, I don't know how much. If you think about it, how many times would you op- close and open, open and close a phone a day? Well, this this is where it got interesting, right? Because yeah. Both uh, Motorola and Samsung have shared videos of how they torture test their devices, mm-hmm. which is something quite similar to how CNET did it, but obviously 
done slower. at a, a more slower and a more scientific. Yeah. You would think, right? The mimic, you know, uh, typical human using it. Mm. Um, Samsung saying that uh, they, their new phone, the the well, this is the original Galaxy Fold, sorry, would outlast two hundred thousand folds, which is roughly five years of use at one hundred folds a day. Right, five years. Okay. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Like, um, do you think this form factor will take off? I mean, it does quite look quite striking. Yeah. Um, the the way you know when we first saw folding phones, I think we were in agreement that having a big device fold into a smaller device is better mm-hmm. than having a small device open up into a bigger device. Yeah. So I I love the concept. Like I had I had the plastic one, I had the metal one, mm. um, and from what I hear. Probably, you know, the next episode we're going to shoot is about the Samsung Unpacked event. Google is going to help present things at the Samsung Unpacked event, which is unheard of, right? Mm. Uh, uh, And apparently they're doing things to help with the continuity between apps when the thing opens and closes. So the OS will match the hardware at some point. So I'm happy Mm. about that. Um, No, I don't want to see it fail. I want to see it happen because I'm a big fan of people trying crazy things, you know. Um, they just need to work on the hinges now. Apparently, it's not the screen, right? Like you said, the screen's mm. fine. It's just the hinges just can't put up with the wear and tear. Having said that, though, imagine where, you know, let's say that do this for, I don't know, 24 hours and they hit the 100,000 mark and nothing happened. I mean, you know, there's no, yeah. there's no show there, right? So, mm. obviously, whatever device they came up with, the foldinator, um, is going to break any phone at the moment. So, this is not really news. Yeah. It's more so, like I feel like it's more stress on like from a physical physical uh point of view rather than you know like constant and continuous folding. Um and yeah like uh CNET also had another video of uh their employees trying the flip phone for the you know for the first time and you know the first reactions were like wow I remember this phone and then they opened the screen as a wow the screen it's very different but somewhat comforting um, yeah start using a little bit more because oh, okay it's a bit bit janky whatever uh, but they all love the fact that they can put it into their pockets the jane pocket front pocket yes yeah. yeah. and there's also a little screen at the front right so i feel like mm. if you want to check the time really quickly or maybe read a message that screen yeah. will do so it's kind of like the you know not having an apple watch just you know attached to your iphone um or get a I want us to do a uh, watch, you know, get or get a watch. You know, just, or, or just now you can strap the phone on your wrist. I don't know, man. That's the mm, thing, right? That's going to happen. We know what that's Yeah, tie it around your neck. I, I remember that. Remember the plastic flip phones that people used to wear on their necks in the 90s? Um, anyway, before we travel too far into the 90s, um, thank you for listening to episode 140. If you want to hear more phones getting spanked, uh, go to the website, that's nakedtechpodcast.com to hear all 139 previous episodes. You can also find us on any of the social networks. If you're listening to us on iTunes, on your phone, please rate us five stars. Apparently, that's really difficult to do. But if you find it, thank you very much. And that's Kelda. Fain Torche is real. Jeff out. <laughs> oh, my God. I know, when, uh, I, when I first did that clip and I heard all the noises, I was just like... <laughs> This is this is gonna go wrong. This this is where the audio format works better than the visuals, I think. Yeah, you get to hear it. You get to really you hear get to it. Really focus. Yeah, yeah, instead of watching this guy going, "Ooh, oh no, this doesn't sound right." <laughs> Whereas they're secretly high-fiving everyone, going, "Thank God yeah. it broke after three hours because I need to go home and see my children now." 
they had a YouTube channel, uh, YouTube uh, on their YouTube channel. They had a thing going for like I think fourteen six, seven hours. hours. Fourteen yeah, hours was it? Something stupid like that. <laughs> wow, someone stayed up for that. Yeah, maybe I as after. Like, how is that good content? Like. Well, oh, good enough for us to talk about it, Kelvin. I know, I know, but you know, I feel dirty on the inside. Okay, I feel all sorts of wrong. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. All right, Samsung next week. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be riveting stuff. The I can't wait till they Z surprise us with what? It's all gonna be leaked to hell. Oh, wait. Uh, so we've seen the Z Flip already, right? Yeah, we have. Okay. Does it fold twice? Is that why it's a Z? No, it's no? just once, apparently. Oh. Because some people thought it was going to be like two hinges, like a Z shape. No, no? it says one. But you know what? That could be the right motherfucker. Um, I'm, I'm trying to picture the, the Y flip. So it's like a clacker. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you're wasted uh... at CBA. Go, go, go wait for a while.